Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to the new year and to the OG of the show, uh, the Jarek Show. Um, yes, we have got an action-packed episode for you today. I'm looking for the... <laughs> oh, you can tell it's been a bit of a Christmas break for me. Where's the... Where's the... Um... Welcome to The Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics, poorly presented. I think what happened there was the equivalent of where you're trying to unlock the car doors and someone pulls on the handle at the same time and it just causes it to keep unlocking because you've got a numbskull on the other end who doesn't have any patience. Speaking of numbskulls, <laughs> let us introduce Eric to the show. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, man. That was uh that was really bad. I mean, you've had some really bad intros before. I really kind of think that 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 takes the cake, man. Okay. Poorly done. Well, 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 poorly done, my friend. Welcome yes, back. It, it's an art doing things so badly. <laughs> it's an art being so disorganized. It's an art never showing up on time. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. I lo I love what you did today. Like usually folks Javad shows up about two minutes before we go live, and I'm all stressed out because it it me I that's just one of my things. I hate being late. Today he shows up early, and then he decides to like move all of the equipment in his room with a minute left. I, I don't. I he was all proud of himself for showing up early, and then you should have heard the words he was using right before we went live. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's efficiency. Oh. If, if I'm all prepped and planned and I have the stories laid out and everything, mm. why do I want to waste two minutes like seeing you process oxygen or something? It's just nothing to it. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. What do you say we get to the stories then, man? Okay. Wow. We kick off with a big one. Our good friend Troy Hunt from Down Under. Uh, who runs Have I Been Pawned, adds 71 million emails from a NAS.API stolen account list. Um, it's a collection of 1 billion credentials com compromised, um, but around a third of them are new emails that weren't in the database previously, which Troy himself said was a significant number. So, um, you know, a lot of um, credential stuffing and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of malware out there that is just there to steal your passwords and everything. Because, hey, if you don't use a password manager, which most people don't, if you don't have multi-factor authentication available or taken advantage of, which most sites don't or most people don't take advantage of, then your password, uh, your, your, your cat's name, which you use for your password for everything, is going to be compromised and people can get into all sorts of accounts. Um, have I missed anything, Eric? No, I mean, what got me on this one was just the sheer number that we're talking about here in a single breach. Like 71 million. That's huge, man. That's huge. And a lot of people, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people uh, in different areas. I talk to people in, in smaller organizations like doctors. And they're like, oh, we're too small. Nobody's ever going to know. You know, they're, they're never going to target us. 
man, they got lists like this that it doesn't matter. It's got email addresses from everywhere. And uh, lo and behold, they just throw these in automated tools. And next thing you know, the attacks are flying out there. It's just, it's stunning how many of these accounts are there. And, you know, to your point, we as people reuse things and they're smart and they know that. These plug right into some tools. I forget what what one of them is. I think it's like Blue Bullet or something like that. I can't remember the name of it off, off the top of my head. Um, but it's a credential stuffing tool that's free. You just pop in a list and boom, it's going to go out and see what it can get. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And and this is what the dump kind of like looks like. You've got each line as a, as a different credential. You've got the login mm. um, URL, the username, which is your email address, and then your password. So, you know, you can see like, I mean, something like that is is a good password. It's long. It's got special characters. It's got upper yeah. and lowercase and numbers. So this person has got everything that you need to do to conventionally in, in a way like have a strong password they're probably even using a password manager to generate that but you see without mfa that even that is not enough and uh, of course there's a responsibility on web websites to have better anti-credential stuffing controls in place um you know having better account lockouts or looking for suspicious logins or automated logins and all that kind of stuff, which again, I don't think gets talked about enough, really. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we have all these technologies available to us. It's not like there's anything new or what have you. I mean, you know what it's like, you, you, you fly abroad and you try to use your, your, your credit card over here and all of a sudden it gets declined and, uh, or, or like you make too many purchases in a row, uh, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, this this looks a bit uncharacteristic. You know, I think that's that's a little bit different, though, honestly. Um, but I, I will say this: like for the smaller organizations and websites, I think you know it, it would be easier to see some of these attacks because they're going to be coming high volume. But when you're talking about one of these large websites that has like you know a million people a day logging in already, what's another? 10,000 or something like that. And, and we saw this um, last year, I think it was, with uh, North Face. Remember the North Face had 194,000 accounts uh, taken over by credential stuffing. But I, I got to wonder how many logins do they have per day anyway? And so it's easier to disguise that when it's a high volume site than a small volume site. See, um, I don't know. See, there's the, the anti-fraud controls or the anti or, or the suspicious things like it's not just you're looking at like, you know, account lockouts, like five incorrect attempts and you lock them out. But you can you can gather all sorts of information and like, um, you know, last IP or device type. Is it a new device yeah. they're logging on from all that kind of stuff? So, you know, it's it, it's it's both ways. Mm -hmm. But you spoke about North Face and I saw something really cool. Uh, there was a. Um, on TikTok, I saw this girl. She posted a video where she's hiking somewhere in the mountains. Was she pointing up and over? And was it one of those TikToks? Or? No, she, it was raining and she's wearing a North Face jacket. And she said, like, I don't know what's happened to North Face quality, but I'm wearing this and I'm absolutely drenched. And she goes, like, North Face, if you're watching this, I'm on this mountain getting drenched, you know, <laughs> sort it out for me. And then North Face posted a video where one of their guys gets a jacket, gets in a, in a helicopter, flies there and drops no. her off. A, <laughs> a dry one? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. 
So I think I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's taking advantage of, of of bad press for good press. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, do you have a smart home, Eric? I do. I do. I have all kinds of smart crap in my home. Do you have a smart thermostat? I do. Ah, is it a Bosch? It's not. I do have Bosch uh, motion detectors, but not the thermostat. Well, Ah. the Bosch thermostat is vulnerable to malware attacks. Um, If you've got the BCC100 thermostat, uh, Bitdefender Labs have said that they've got um, a vulnerability. Uh, This is a CVE 2023-49722 and remotely replace device firmware and distribute malware. Um, yeah, so this is like a, 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 you know, we, we see one of these sorts of things come up every few months in a, in a smart device. I mean, in your opinion, how serious are these things? Is this something people really need to worry about? Or is there like, you put the pin in the reset button and it all goes back to factory setting and, and it's not a big issue. What, what do you think? Well, I, I think it depends. I mean, they can be used to pivot and stuff like that. In a typical home, I don't know that it's a huge deal. However, however, we do have to think about this because like I have an Ecobee thermostat, right? There's a little OSINT for you. I have an Ecobee thermostat and it has a presence sensor. So it can tell if somebody's in the home. I actually have a remote sensor that's over here on a dresser for upstairs that'll tell if I'm present upstairs that will tell um, the temperature and all that kind of stuff upstairs. But there is information to be gleaned from this. It's just a matter of for the typical person in their home, I would think it'd be more used for things like DDoS for doing stuff like that. Now, the fact is too, how many of these are actually exposed directly to the internet as opposed to through an API? Um, you know, where it's talking back. So there may not be a, a, a straight internet um, connection there. So th- then you run into issues, you know, like any patching that you would fall behind on where once somebody's in, they could use it to pivot. They could do that. My biggest issue with smart devices like this is the average consumer in person isn't going to patch it. So they need to have something going on. I mean, I have the Ecobee um, app and it'll, I'm, I think it'll tell me if patches are available, but I never use that. It's actually tied into my other home assistant, uh, home automation stuff. I never use the actual app, so I wouldn't see it there. And, and that's where I have a little bit more of a, a concern with stuff like this, because this stuff's going to be out there for years and who knows how we're going to be able to use it in the future. Yeah, yeah, that that's it, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you hear like Bosch has issued patches, urge users to not only apply the firmware updates and modify, modify their admin default passwords, admin passwords, but, ah! also, but also curb unneeded internet connectivity and restrict unauthorized devices through a firewall. And I say, if you take this bit of advice, which as technicians, you say it's good advice, it's sound advice, yeah. But take this advice and take it to the average consumer who doesn't work in IT. How much of this would they understand <laughs> or know how to implement? And this is the, the the problem we have. I don't think we have a problem with 
processes are there. We have the technology. Yes, there's going to be vulnerabilities and we, we have a process to patch it. How are you going to make it so that it's easy for people to do that? I mean, yeah, people are just glad. Once their Wi-Fi is up and running, they don't want to even blow on the router too hard in case they, it messes something up. So they just put it on the shelf and never touch it again. And, you know, you're, you're telling people to restrict. <laughs> restrict yeah, people. yeah. Well, and you, ha you have these four. you have these technologies like UPnP, right? That's yeah. enabled on a lot of routers. So that's where the smart device just goes. I think I'd like to be on the internet now, and basically does it. It's supposed to be simple for the user. It's but but half the people don't know what the hell's going on with these things, like what it's actually doing in the background. Now, one thing I do with my sensors and with a lot of my stuff here is I do keep it on a separate subnet and I have a separate Wi-Fi set up just for IoT devices. But most people aren't going to do that, right? Like I know that my cameras, they're they're Dahua or Dahua or whatever, however you say it. Um, and they've been known for perhaps dialing home to China. So I keep them on a subnet with no internet access and interface with something else. But your typical person don't have a clue how to do that. And, and unfortunately in the as we try to make things easier to use we kind of dumb down the ability to secure them in some cases that that's kind of my opinion on that yeah there's there's a lot to be said for for the user experience in the user interface and mm -hmm. you know, how you make things I, I yeah, want but... security to be like ABS on my car. I know it's there. I don't <laughs> yeah. need to know how it works, whatever. Yeah, I don't need to change my behavior. I just put the brake, and if it needs to, it will, it will apply it, and that's about it. Do you remember back when Amazon did that, what was it called, Sidewalk or whatever, where the Amazon devices would all, all of a sudden start sharing internet amongst each other, and like their devices next door could be coming through your, your yeah. internet? And I was like, oh, my God. Like... It's supposed to make things easier and nicer and, and all that. But dear Lord, stuff like that is just, it, it's kind of scary what some of these manufacturers are doing to simplify things. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird thing. So if you, if you are an a, a average consumer watching this show, because I'm sure we have millions of those average consumers who don't work in tech, let us know what your thoughts are on these... Uh, uh, on yeah. these smart devices and the advice given to how to secure yeah, them. Yeah, comments are open and they're live right now. If you're watching us live, um, comments are open. Please throw some comments. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Cool. So uh, this is. Um, let's jump over to your side of the pond with the uh, your senators, uh, and they're wanting oh. better SEC cybersecurity after. What's EFT related? Hack? I don't know what the EFT. So, so this is that new Bitcoin EFT thing that's kind of going around, right? Um, and so, what's interesting about this is the SEC, their Twitter slash X slash whatever the hell you call it these days account, um, got taken over and basically said, "Oh, we're backing these," or you know what I mean? Like they're approved, and you know, it's another one of these cryptocurrency type things that that seems to jump in there. The irony is the SEC is the one that's been dropping all these like rules on businesses about reporting cyber breaches and all this. They're like, we're so like, we're, we're cyber warriors now. And then they go and let their account be taken over by someone like this. 
Um, and we can clearly see yet again what happens or, or the power of these social media accounts. And we see this over and over again, if you think about it, right? Um, there was that uh, years ago, it was the Associated Press uh, got taken over and sent out that thing. Two explosions in the White House. Yep. President Obama has been injured. And like the stock market lost like $135 billion or something for a, a few minutes, right? Mm -hmm. It just tanked and then came back, but that was fine. But then we see like um, there was the the Tampa mayor had their account taken over here, their their uh, Twitter account, and a bunch of crap went out in the middle of the night. Now they they stopped it and got it back. But over and over again, we're seeing this. You know, there was that security company that James and I talked about when you didn't want to show up for the show. Yeah. Um, same sort of thing. And yet, this is happening over and over again. I just thought because they're they're this like now security conscious, you know, we're going to make you report a breach within two hours or some stupid crap like that, like they keep trying to do. Um, and and yet here they are a victim of it. Why? Why can these organizations not enable MFA, use a third party with MFA enabled, lock down those permissions? This was something about a, a phone number that was associated with the account and i'm like man come on now yeah it's a bit mm, suspect I, I i have to say but uh but yeah uh social media accounts have a lot of um they they're not just marketing tools they are very very powerful for uh, a lot of companies so they need yeah. to secure them accordingly they, they're like critical critical accounts yeah i mean clearly if you're on a if you're on a mountainside and get rained on <laughs> and you're like yeah. hey north face <laughs> you know it, they're willing to bring you something via helicopter right i mean yes. it is really the power of social media these days that we it's more than just nothing i've i've been out traveling before and had flights canceled and been on hold it's like your estimated wait time is five hours thank you for being platinum right but i tweeted out like holy crap i'm stuck here in nashville and next thing i know they're like booking me new, new flights and stuff. Yes, <laughs> when politician makes ideas. Yes, yes, sounds yes. like a new comedy thriller from yeah, hundred percent on that. Um, it's amazing when politicians get involved in this stuff. The bad ideas that they try to promote, just oh, oh, not good, is it? Right, right. Anyway, uh, now we jump back onto my side of the pond. <laughs> for the final story uh the national crime agency director sacked after whatsapp and email security breaches after sending uh, sensitive nca information over personal email and whatsapp um, yeah this is they even declassified some things <laughs> so they could send it over some i mean really come on man what I, I, I'm just, I'm always in awe when I see stuff like this, like so blatant in yeah. somebody that should be in a position of understanding security. I mean, really, this is, this is one of your big, um, like security, cybersecurity groups, right? It's the national crime agency. Yes. They, they crack down on crime. Uh, so, <laughs> 
so they, they they found misconduct, gross misconduct, and, and what have you. But there was no uh, uh, malice. Malice. I think they 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 just like yeah. found it as like this is like bad practice. But this has been happening quite a lot in the UK in like politicians. Uh, they've been doing like what they called uh, I can't remember the term Parliament through by WhatsApp or something like that. There was like oh, this, this, this term thrown about. But they they've been using the uh, sort of like WhatsApp or whatever you to to make decisions or share sensitive information. And the problem is that then when they've been asked to like you know produce the the chats in court, they're like, oh, it's been deleted. I've changed my phone number in between. Uh, this happened, that happened. Yep. You know, and and it's just very very wishy washy. And you know the, the the funny thing is that these are the same politicians that are calling for an end to uh, to end to end encryption and what, <laughs> yeah <laughs> what have you but you know, uh, yeah I suppose politics aside I think these platforms make it really really easy for people to transfer or communicate with people who they need to very quickly so I think it's yes it's it's wrong especially when you declassify stuff and what have you but i think it's also like a pretty damning indication to how poorly a lot of official channels are set up if i need to send you or a colleague something and i have to jump through 50 hoops like i have to like classify it i have to encrypt it i have to attach it to a secure email and then i know when i send it to you you're not going to get the email you're going to get a secure link that you have to click on that opens it on a secure you know whatever yeah, we've we've done that yeah 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 uh, we're going to be like you know what let me just send it on whatsapp it's like what's the worst that can happen let me take a picture on my phone and 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 send it not that i've ever done it but i think it's it's something to consider i mean like i'm kind of playing devil's advocate but you know it's something to consider that you know why don't we look at why the current tools are unsuitable we the, and again the technology is there we can make something as simple as sending an im but have security built into it yeah you know Brand. so so one of the things about this is a lot of bad actors are now pivoting to these third parties when when you know they send a phishing email and then they're like hey let's go to whatsapp because it's secure right and basically it's unmonitored at that point mm, right mm. um and let's let's just not forget i'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for a minute here but isn't whatsapp a meta product <laughs> it is indeed it is yes. <laughs> right right so you know how much do you trust them um but yeah ultimately grand scheme of things it, it's bad practice to be using these because and and bad actors again are knowing they're pivoting to this they're pivoting to to slack they're like hey let's go meet up over slack because they know odds are it's not going to be something that's monitored and to your point it's really easy to delete things stuff is gone this is a real problem especially in government and and stuff like that it just yeah it having come out of and you love it when i talk about this the military side and uh you know we had security in place gosh what was that it, it had to be 12 years ago now um where we could encrypt our emails and, and it took nothing to do it we had our common access cards you would basically just hit a button and say this is encrypted and it would digitally sign it and it just worked it was super easy to use that was over a decade ago why why aren't we there now with some of these other things really 
And on that pondering thought, we leave you folks <laughs> to think about that until next week. Um, oh, wait, I didn't cut you off. No, you didn't. That was kind of nice. I'm, I'm impressed. New year, new, year new, uh, new, yeah. new way. Well, the good news is I can cut him off now and uh, we will go ahead and call at the end of the day. Thanks everyone for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next week.